Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Welcome to an all new episode of Geek Vibes Live Review. This week we will be breaking down The Mandalorian. Uh, what was this one called? This one was the uh, the tragedy. This one was called the tragedy. Um, I will tell you one thing I really hate about the Mandalorian is their episode guides. It doesn't tell you the name of the episode. It just says like chapter thirteen or chapter whatever. Um, when I saw the word uh, tragedy pop up on my screen, I was just like, if y'all kill Baby Yoda someone will die tonight like it won't just be baby yoda i'll i'll come up to to lucas films and someone's getting stabbed um so i was freaking out so obviously we get the the beginning of this episode which is see i'm gonna go to you first anytime i get these cute moments i go to tia first um there was nothing more adorable than uh mando (laughs) just looking at baby yoda and just going grogu and grogu's like huh and he's like, <laughs> and then like he goes back to playing with the spear and he's like, Grogu, yes, what do you want? You've been saying this for like hours, bro. Um, but like Tia, walk me through that that emotional scene between uh, Grogu and Man- uh, Mando as they're heading to the, uh, the planet. I thought it was so adorable because it's kind of like um, if you have a pet and you just taught it new tricks or something or you know your pet does something like so amazing or a kid I could imagine it being but I don't have a child so I can't uh, attest to that but it's like just when it's like they do something so amazing you're just so floored by it and it's like you know the previous episode Mando just found out so much about Baby Yoda he found out his name found out his abilities found out um, his past and he's just like looking at this child in such amazement and I love this really sincere moment between them because you know Mando can be quite stern and quite um, what you calls it uh, reserved and for him to full on chuckle because he's just so amazed by this little child which is so great and again just bringing back the little ball on top of you know the stick or something and kind of using that as a you know like I feel that as if there was an arc between Amando, the child, and this little spear, and it's almost come for full circle. It was just so cute. I was like, this is the most amazing way to start off this episode. It's just Mando in such awe of baby Yoda. Um, and I have to say really quick before we get into anything else that Robert Rodriguez did such a fantastic job directing this episode. And I don't know if you guys saw the report, but he was a last minute director for this episode. Um, he wasn't originally supposed to be the director. And the fact that he was able to pull this off is just fantastic. Yeah, I will say Robert Rodriguez made both one of my all time favorite movies and one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, and it was the Planet Terror. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Planet Terror is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Um, but I can't remember what the other one was. It was um, the female. Um, uh, they were like stunt 
stunt coordinators or something like that. That's proof. Yes, thank you, Dan. Thank you. I love that movie with every inch of my being. That movie is not talked about enough. Um, but I'll never forgive Robert Rodriguez for making me sit through Planet Terror. Um, but no, he did an amazing job on this episode, Tia. Um, I don't know. Like, this show is possibly one of the more confusing shows when it comes to who to give credit to. It's like, is it that, like, is the writing that good and the directors are literally just, like, they already have a painted canvas? Or do the directors bring out um, what we're seeing? Like, it's it just, they're, everyone does their job so amazingly. Like, you don't know who to, like, whose hand to shake. You're just like, all right, like, I love you all. Like, that's that's all I can say. Um, but, Joe, I want to go to you. <laughs> can we safely assume Dank Ferret is, uh, is, is a curse word, is like the F word? Like, he's dropped that numerous times. Uh, I guess. I mean, I don't... <laughs> I, I never really noticed actually, but really? I, why not? No, yeah, I never, I never, I didn't catch it. I never caught it. Oh, uh, I'll have to keep an eye. I mean, an ear out for it. Um, so you didn't catch it in in this episode? No, I, I guess not. Yeah, he I, I guess... it, um, he said it after uh, Grogu forced, like he force caught the the ball from him, or like mm-hmm. the ball from him. He cursed, and Baby Yoda got like got like scared and dropped the ball, and he's like, no, 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 I'm not mad at you. He's like, I was just like, you know, like, this is so crazy for me. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I love how Mando referred to Ahsoka uh, as the nice, the nice lady. Like, oh, you know, like, I want to take you to the planet where the nice lady said to it. It's like, yeah. Ahsoka, Mando. <laughs> but um, walk me through, Joel. We see they land on the planet. He's saying we have to, you know, we can't travel by ship. Obviously, there's nowhere to land. So, you know, they jetpack it, which, by the way, the budget to make that jetpack look as beautiful as it does, bravo. Um, so they land, uh, they land at the top of the mountain, and we obviously see him sit down. Joel, you have to you, please tell me you were dying laughing when Mando was like, All right, you're sitting here. Is there like a switch or something I'm supposed to hit? Like, how the how the hell does this work? Like, he's yeah. just so out of out of touch of like how anything Jedi works that he's right. like, I don't know what the hell to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, anybody that gets there that doesn't know nothing about, or anybody obviously knows nothing about the Jedi would be confused too. Like, all right, so now what? I sit you down and <laughs> like, what are you like smoke signals? Like, I don't really know what. Like, what else do you do? And he was just sitting there, uh, and then eventually he walks away, and then he, you know, um, Grogu figures it out, um, and that part was really cool. Um, I, visually, I love the way that it looked with him meditating and obviously reaching into the and the fact that he couldn't get to him was really cool too. Like it was just impen- like an almost impenetrable force field, which was very impressive. Um, but yeah, I thought it was kind of funny because he just seems he's, he's obviously so out of touch with everything, but he's trying, you know. Right. <laughs> no, he's making as much of an attempt as he possibly can. Um, but obviously, what you're referring to with, with him trying to get get through it to get to him, Dan, I, I I'll go to you. We uh, Mando obviously sees a ship come out of you know out, out of space into um onto the planet, and he's like nope i know that's no good like kid we gotta go (laughs) like i I thought it was so awesome to see grogu in like the ultimate meditation form like you even see his his fingers connecting with his stuff like he was really into it um but dan i i'll kick it over to you your thoughts on the first little bit of taste of action we get 
in this episode where we um we see a familiar face uh pop up in this episode um from Mando's past, which is literally last season. <laughs> um and another familiar face that we saw at the end of I believe it was episode 1. Yeah, that was really I was very excited. Uh, I was able to avoid spoilers. I watched it Saturday morning. My wife and I have our little, uh, we have our tradition now where we wake up Saturday morning, we make breakfast and we watch The Mandalorian together. So it was tough because there was a ton of spoilers out there. Yep. And I think this one was really, everyone liked this episode a lot. So they were all over it. Um, but yeah, once I saw the ship, once I saw Slave One come in, I was I I was very excited. I said, "Oh shit, it's his, it's Boba Fett." Um, <laughs> like, how do you know that? I'm like, I had that ship as a kid. I I literally had Slave One, uh, Slave One like micro machines and all that. But um, yeah, I thought that was cool. How he 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 looks scarred from uh, the Sarlacc pit. And he's still a badass. And I, I like how they got, um, I, I believe it was the guy who played Django Fett, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I like how they got that actor back. And that was awesome. And then you saw the the other bounty hunter from season one. She was all, I'm, I'm glad they brought her back because she, you could tell she had a lot of promise. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah she was cool. Just and it's like three badass characters now, and it's like, how do you stand a chance against three of them? I don't think anyone can do it. No, no, no. I mean, Moth Gideon's gonna try. We'll we'll definitely get into that towards the end of this review. Moth Gideon's gonna give them a run for their money, but I tell you what, outside of a Jedi, these are probably three of the most feared people you could fear right now in the galaxy right now. Um, but see, I want to kick it back to you. Um, so obviously we see um, Mando being threatened by these, uh, obviously by the return of Fett uh, and the other assassin. And pretty much Fett's just like, look, I just want my armor. Like, give me my armor. I'll leave you alone. We go our separate ways. And Mando is still under the impression of, no, man, no. I, I know where armor comes from in the Mandalorian world. You don't just give it away. Absolutely not. Uh, so kind of walk me through, Tia, your thoughts on their conversation right before we kind of see, I think it's the pre-First Order. Like, like it's kind of the First Order, but not called it yet. So I'm calling it like pre-First Order. Um, but we see that um, Moff Gideon uh, deploys some of his uh, stormtroopers to, uh, to come get Grogu. So it's really interesting because I I know I always preference this in saying that I'm not the most knowledgeable in Star Wars, so this could come from a place of just not knowing, right? Even though I've seen all the, well, I've seen most of the movies, right? I didn't see Last Jedi. No, I did see Last Jedi. Sorry, I didn't see Rise of Skywalker. Anyway, um, freaking what you call it, like. I was always under the imp impression that A, Boba Fett was a bad guy, and B, that 
oh, if there was a confrontation between Boba Fett and uh, Din, that it's going to be terrible. Like, you know, Mando's going to go ape shit and it's going to be this big thing. And, you know, Boba Fett's such a dishonor to the Mandalorians and all that. And it's going to be like this huge battle, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Boba Fett was really chill, first of all. Um, and we see was very honorable and very much an ally at the end of the episode to uh, Mando. And by saying that he was Boba Fett, it didn't garner any sort of reaction to Mando at all, which I think we had surmised in the past would have that he would know who Boba Fett is. And it absolutely didn't bring any sort of reaction hearing his name. So I was very impressed I very much like the actor um, who played Boba Fett. It's so cool that they got the same guy who played Jango Fett. Um, and I thought that he added just this really cool, calm, collective badassery to this character who's such a legend in Star Wars. And it's so funny because I don't know if you guys saw, there was this recent picture of the guy who was playing Boba Fett in the original movies right and like so so not who you'd expect to be underneath the helmet but uh this guy who played bobo is kind of who you would picture to play boba so it was a really cool experience just seeing this like instead of them having this big shootout scene right it's them almost just calmly speaking and and especially with bringing fennec uh back where you know you think that that also would garner this huge battle between them but instead it's just them talking and i really like the direction of it well i'll say the biggest thing is tia they uh dave filoni retcon uh the very storyline that he put in place um in star wars the clone wars the animated series um when i think ahsoka or obi-wan whichever one traveled to Mandalore the first time we see it in the show, uh, the chancellor there made it very known that, um, uh, that there was someone that once, that once stole the armor of the Mandalorians that was very much not a Mandalorian. Um, so that is where me and AJ, and I'll even say Joel, surmised that when Mando saw him, it would be, it would be smoke because Mando would know, like, that's the guy that stole it. Like, your father stole it. Um, this is clearly not your armor. Um, but they retconned it by Boba saying, this armor is, is my bloodline. Like, my father was uh, adopted into the Mandalorians the same way you were. Um, that originally was not the case with, um, with the story that we were told from the, the animation, which was... No, he was not no damn Mandalorian. Like, he stole this shit and left and, and took on this persona and built a horrible name for the Mandalorians. Um, so they retconned it a bit, which I don't I don't have any problem with. Um, I, I'm really liking the idea of Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni just kind of saying, hey, all that stuff they told you before wasn't canon or, or whatever. We're flipping it on its head. That's why a lot of people are like, yo, Starkiller is happening. Um, but Joel, I'll go to you. What were your thoughts when you, when you, um, obviously saw, uh, Mando and Boba kind of face off and it was more so like Tia said, it was calmer than we were thinking it would be. No, hundred percent. I didn't, I was very surprised, honestly, cause, um, I was expecting some type of 
disgraceful Mandalor like wannabe Mandalorian type bullshit. Um, because you know that's kind of what we've heard for so long. Because <laughs> uh, that he's not a Mandalorian and all this extra stuff. Uh, so I figured it'd be, but no, I never expected him to actually know who he was. But I definitely expected him. I didn't expect uh, that he would be a foundling in the same vein as uh, Din. And so I'm like, so that was interesting and pretty cool. Um, and and I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that whole explanation. Uh, I wasn't expecting it at all. Uh, and the fact that, it, you know, they end up joining forces at the end is just like, that's really cool. I just not, did not any, none of that. Like, like, like what, um, Tia was saying, I always looked at him as a villain. And yeah, I know he's more of a, just a bounty hunter and bounty hunters, just you know, whoever pays him the most money, blah, blah, blah. I mean, and the same goes for Mando, but um, there's obviously some respect there for Boba. And look, young Boba that we remember from the Clone Wars obviously had a little bit of a, an attitude problem, but that's because he was out for revenge <laughs> to kill Mace Windu for killing his father. That's all that really was. Right, uh, and he was, you know, a kid like running around with, with you know, bandits and, and other bounty hunters. So he had to grow up hard. So I, I get that, and the fact that you know he still has a code, uh, you know, I respect that, and it was just nice to see him again in, in his armor. Yeah, I, I will definitely say I, I appreciate. Uh, well, <laughs> first, let me say, Joel, to your point just now. Uh, whenever I hear a parent like, "Man, your kid is like really bad," I always say to myself. No, a kid's never Boba Fett bad. Like, like Boba Fett was a really bratty and, 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 and shitty kid. Like, again, it was all fueled by revenge. But what he did in Clone Wars was just like, how old is he? Like, what? That's crazy. His dick. <laughs> he really was. Uh, but again, he was almost smart enough to kill two, two masterful Jedi. Uh, so... The kid was really good at what he did. Um, but, Dan, I want to go to you. How how pleasing was it to see a character that I I wholeheartedly have, have always said George Lucas wasted um, in his movies? Um, to actually see a character really get into action that we didn't ever see in the live-action movies, um, you know, from the past. Like, we actually saw this Boba Fett really 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 get into it action wise um how how visually pleasing was was it for you to kind of see him kind of let loose a little bit yeah uh it was it was very pleasing and i agree with joelle i think that a lot of people i think the original trilogy kind of painted both of that as as evil when in reality he's he's just kind of looking after himself. He doesn't hold sway to the, uh, to good or bad. So, and I think what the show is going to do, what the Mandalorian is going to do is really paint a different picture where Boba Fett is an honorable guy. Like, you know, he skirts the line a little bit, but it's in the, it's in the name of just being a bounty hunter. He's, he goes after bad guys. He goes after good guys. So it's, it's really nothing personal. Um, but as far as seeing Boba Fett in action, yeah, you, he was always this silent, foreboding figure who would just be standing around or he would kind of walk by and he looked awesome and he was very menacing. 
and that aura around him was like, oh, this guy's a badass. And then he got taken out in the most bitch-ass way possible. He got <laughs> taken out by a blind guy. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, if you get beat up by a blind guy, you're not, you're not a bitch. I'm not saying that. <laughs> just the way that he went out, like just by total happenstance. Um, I think it's, it's good to see. I'm hoping that they bring him back because I don't know if his like character arc is done for the season. Well, I think it's room. Well, he's not done for the season because apparently he's going to team up with, with Mando, but there's also rumors. We'll probably know this for sure. Dan Thursday. Um, when uh, Disney has its shareholders meeting, but apparently he's supposed to be getting a spinoff. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that would be good. Um, I, I made the joke to my wife and she got angry at me because uh, you see him in the armor and he, obviously he's much older. I think it's 25 years later and, and he looks a little big in that armor. <laughs> Why do you have to be so rude? He had, he had a dad bod that was yeah. trending on Twitter. Like, Boba Fett dad bod. Major dad bod. Uh, but, oh, man, he it was still so cool when he lands behind Stormtrooper and you see him just looking down and the battle-worn uh, armor. And, and his, his movements, there's no wasted movements in his fighting style. Everything he's he's targeting someone or he's got someone in a, a headlock he knew every single thing and like even i loved boba fett growing up i had the action figures i the, i had read a bunch of the uh, expanded universe stories and they all said how great he was but i didn't realize that he could shoot missiles from his knee pad <laughs> yeah. it was awesome <laughs> Right, right. And I will say the one thing about um, Django and Boba is that um, they're both walking weapons and we've never really got to see the full extent of either. Um, so if Django, if uh, not Django, sorry, if Boba gets his own spinoff, they're going to go bonkers with how dope he could really be. Uh, as a fighter and how cool that suit because remember that suit is somewhat uh, uh, messed up because of everything with the Sarlacc pit and then the travel of it so like mm -hmm. he actually gets a chance to to get the tools he needs to rebuild it the way that it, it, it originally was or even better they're gonna go bananas with how dope that suit's gonna be um, yeah. and it does look like they're building an expanded universe with the Mandalorian. Um, so like there's, you know, if, if he does get his own spinoff and Ahsoka gets hers, there's a really good chance we see a, a reteaming of everybody um, at, at some point or different characters at some point. Um, so, I mean, it, it's genius what they're doing with these uh, Star Wars shows, if it is true that everyone's getting their own spinoffs. Um, but no, they did a really, really, really good job. And see, the thing is, uh, Dan and Joel, you guys made a really good point before of uh, it seeming like he was a bad guy from the originals. But the biggest thing the originals did that John Favreau is kind of flipping on its head is they just made bounty hunters seem like they were all bad guys. Didn't matter who. All bounty hunters just seemed like they were all bad guys. And you now have uh, John Favreau and, and uh, Dave Filoni kind of going <laughs> like, no, these are real people like how you guys kind of 
saw the emotions and stuff of Jedi, like bounty hunters are that too. You know, unless you're Cad Bane, and then you know that's. I like that. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. like <laughs> there's there's no redemption story for 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 Cad Bane. That's that's all bad. He's uh, cool. I want to see Cad Bane. Man, I will tell you this: if they give us a Cad Bane show, woo. Um, but AJ, welcoming, welcoming in AJ. What's going on, AJ? What's up? How you we're, guys doing? We're doing good. We were just talking about um how dope it was to see Boba Fett in really all his true essence because he was ultimately wasted in the original. It was. It's about fucking time too. Right? Go ahead, AJ. Go ahead. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I always have debates with people saying that Boba Fett wasn't wasn't a a character that was what is it that was um meant for his potential and stuff like that um he he was basically wasted like you were um just talking about and we finally got him to see him in his true potential which is just straight up badassery and just to see how skillful he is and you can even argue that he's more skillful than Ben or just basically any bounty hunter we've seen so far within this um, episode. Um, so yeah, I, I just love how badass um, who directed this episode again? Um, Rodriguez. Yes. It, and it had his feel to it too. I was like, this feels a little bit off from other episodes Yeah. Um, because he does have his unique style. And you can just tell from this episode, it was really good. And AJ, uh, I want to ask you this before I move before I move uh, over to Tia. Um, Boba said this in this episode, and immediately I didn't even need Twitter to say it to me. I immediately went back to Attack of the Clones. Um, so pretty much, he was saying, "I'm a simple man making his way through the galaxy." That's what he said in this episode. What his dad said. In Clone Wars was I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. Um, so it was just really cool to see them mirror each other in the idea of like, look, hey man, I'm just trying to exist out here. You know what I'm saying? Like it's real in these streets. I'm just trying to live. Um, but I, I love that it was a callback. We even got a callback of um how they use their their weapon systems from Attack of the Clones and then in the Mandalorian. Um, but what was one of the things with, with Boba Fett's character? Before that, I have a question. Now, is is um, the Fett technically the Mandalorian and Boba, Boba was um, was indoctrinated in, into that order? Or, or yes. was... Okay, so you missed it. We just, we, I was just telling uh, everyone this, that they retconned it. So in the Clone Wars, they made it seem like they stole it and they weren't Mandalorian. Um, in this, he's making it very clear his dad was adopted into the Mandalorians. The same, and he was he was adopted into the set. Right, right, the same way that Mando was. So okay, it's not really a retcon because they never explained it to us with them. Right. So yeah, I, I think it's cool that um, he was made as a um, youngling. Um, his yeah. father was at least, and yeah, I didn't and accepted that. I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was a really cool change. And, and the biggest reason, AJ, why I accepted it and didn't question it whatsoever was because Dave Filoni did it. Like, Dave Filoni brought it up in the cartoon and didn't elaborate. 
So this is his way of saying, like, no, that Chancellor was just hating. Like, you know, no, he was he was a Mandalorian. Um, so I appreciated that because it was you diving into something that we kind of just wrote off as, yeah, okay, yeah, the, the feds didn't like the feds did steal the armor, they're not Mandalorians. Um, I mean, hell, we we were we were telling Tia that like a week or two ago, like, no, he's not a Mandalorian. He stole it, you know what I'm saying? Only for this episode to come out and go, well, you guys are wrong because he is, uh, and he did earn it. So it was like, okay, all right, sure, okay, no problem. You know, th- this is the one time we're happy to be wrong. Um, but Tia, I- I'll go to you. Um, we obviously see Mando um, and uh, Boba. Well, obviously we see the stormtroopers uh, retreating. We see Boba with the infamous uh jetpack um rocket launcher uh i when i tell you i I was so giddy when mando was like nice shot and he's like i was actually aiming for the other one and it was like this is like come on george you wasted this character (laughs) like like this character is so dope um but tia walk me through um we obviously seeing uh moff gideon release these new uh these new troopers um, and we see Baby Yoda finally fully sends out the signal. He passes out. Uh, we see Mando obviously trying to rush back to, to get him. Uh, kind of walk me through your mindset seeing Baby Yoda get abducted. Well, first, I do want to backtrack a little because I do want to comment on um, some of the fight choreography because I'm a sucker for fantastic fight choreography. Um, I think that's why I say um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier is one of my favorite movies just because of how sick that fight choreography was. I loved um, when they're in the middle of the fight, right? When Mando and Fennec are fighting off the stormtroopers and, you know, right before that Boba and Mando were having an argument as to who's going to get the, you know, is Boba going to get the armor back? Right. And I just love that Boba just went and took it. He was just like, fuck this. I'm going to go get my armor back. And the, the reveal of him with his armor just so was like, the crown is back on the king. He is finally whole again, right? Like, so just the way it was framed and how brutal his fight choreography was. I mean, it was just like, as you said, his character was wasted 100%. Like, this was just so beautiful, just how he absolutely annihilated. Like, I'm like, and Fennec did an amazing job too. Don't get me wrong. Like, she had some great moves. There was a move where she, like, backwards jumped off a freaking cliff and still was shooting. Great chef's, chef's kiss and everything. Mando didn't even need to be there. Like, Boba Fett had it. He was so good. Um, and I just thought that was amazing. Like, there's one shot where he's, like, drag. I, I don't know if it's called anything specifically, but his weapon, that long staff, and he's dragging it behind him and just fucking, like, pierces it through one of the stormtroopers. Amazing. So good. Um, and the line where he says, oh, I was aiming for the other one was just so hilarious because it um, reminds me of so many other things. But anyway... I loved Grogu because the whole time Mando is trying to get to him, right? And that little force field is not letting up. And of course it's when Mando goes into the fighting that then finally the force field drops and Grogu's all passed out. And I'm like, of course, now this happens. Really really quickly, Tia, I want to point this out because this is great. Like, this is great writing. 
Did anyone mm-hmm. notice that they made sure that we saw him take off the jetpack and how important yes. that was because that's why he wasn't able to get back to Grogu quick enough. Because I know a yeah. lot of people were like, just use your jetpack. And it's like, he doesn't have it. He yeah. get it off. Like, like that to me is such great writing because some people might go, oh, okay, whatever. But you forget about it. And then when it's like, well, use the damn thing. It's like, he, he took it off. <laughs> he doesn't have it with him right now. So I'm like, that to me was such good writing because it's good writing when you do something that important and then the viewer kind of somewhat forgets about it. And then when it's time for it to, to be of use again, you're like, oh, that's right. I forgot. Um, so I just wanted to throw that in because I was like, a lot of people were talking about, well, why didn't he use his jetpack? Well, he didn't have it. <laughs> so that was why. Yeah. And freaking whatchamacallit. It? So when... first of all you know the chapter was called the tragedy and the whole time i'm watching i'm like what's the tragedy right (laughs) the tragedy is effing baby yoda gets kidnapped and it's like i felt the way you felt say at like the end of infinity war when everyone started disappearing and you're like oh my god no and i think the thing is like with the mandalorian we're so used to stories getting wrapped up within one episode that it's almost like, wait, oh my God, this is a cliffhanger. I have to wait till next episode. And you're like, no, you bastards got baby Yoda. I was so upset by that. I was like, no, no, no. And, you know, Moff Gideon destroys Mando's ship. So it's not like he could even use that. And it's like, holy shit, this is insane. But I will say the one thing I loved about it was, um, you know, Fennec and Boba, like Boba, um, I'm paraphrasing here, right? He says something akin to like, well, we had a deal and I didn't up- uphold my end of the bargain. I said I was going to protect and I didn't do that. So we're going to help you go get Grogu back. And I was like, again, this is like, for me and my perception we've talked about where thinking that boba fett is like this bad guy this whole time and it's like this guy has so much honor that i i'm loving him i'm understanding why everyone loves boba fett well i I will tell you this tia watching clone wars the animated series he does show you how honorable he is um there were even when he was trying to kill mace windu he showed honor in, in how he went about it. Like, he didn't want to kill anybody else. He just only wanted to kill Mace Windu. Um, and then, obviously, when uh, he met up with uh, Asajj Ventress later on in the series, he showed complete honor. So, like, again, George just didn't do a really good job of making any bounty hunters seem like good people in the original uh, the original trilogy. Um, but we definitely saw Dave Filoni flesh out a lot of these bounty hunters. For us to kind of go, oh, like there's a human side to bounty hunters. Would have never guessed it. Um, but Tia, one one important thing I wanted to ask you before I move to you, Joel. Do you like? I got this feeling. I don't know why I got this feeling, but I feel like regardless of how this season ends, it's gonna end with Grogu uh, actually speaking to Mando. Kind of like how it was significant how Laura spoke to uh, Logan and Logan. I feel like that's going to happen. Like, do you feel that at all, Tia? Um, I don't know if I feel that. I mean, I wouldn't mind. I'm not saying that that would be a bad thing. I'm hoping to see Grogu kind of use more of his powers, like tap that 
in, you know, because he is clearly very powerful. And we've seen in season one um, that he's very powerful. Ahsoka even proclaimed it. And we know that this child has great ability. And I would love for him to be the one to like kill Moff Gideon or something, like chokehold him or something, like something so unexpected where you're like, oh, it's going to be Mando being all badass and the whole crew is going to go ape shit. And it's like, no, I want like this very much feels this season like Grogu's arc. And I would love that. That, no, that's fair. But I could see Grogu going like all powerful and then Ahsoka popping up like, see, see, this is the shit I was talking about. Look, <laughs> look him all out of control. I told you. This is why I didn't want to train him. Um, but no, like all I keep picturing to you is like, you remember that episode of Family Guy where Stewie kept calling uh, Lois's name? Um, like I can picture Grogu when he like finally is able to talk. It's like Mando. Mando. Oh, it's gonna. He's he's even so annoying about it, and Din is gonna be like, "I miss when you couldn't talk." <laughs> I, I, I miss when cooing was 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 what I had to look forward to. Um, but Joel, I'm gonna go to you. Mm-hmm. We obviously see uh, man, uh, Grogu get captured. We see Moff Gideon um, walk into uh, where he's being held, and we see him ignite the dark saber. Which Grogu kind of does give a little bit of a reaction to, maybe as if he's he's seen that before. But before we get to that, uh, Moff Gideon walks in the room to Grogu just like throwing the stormtroopers around <laughs> like they're action figures. Walk me through, Joel, of uh, Moff Gideon's small little interrogation of Grogu. Um, I thought it was hysterical. Uh, again, it was like one of those scenes. I mean. Like- this whole episode was full of scenes where I was like shocked to see, and that was another one, like him throwing people around. I was not, ex- I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> uh, but it was fun to see him just start throwing people around. Now he's getting stronger again. He's starting to use a force again, so he can't do it. But he obviously gets tired. His little body, I can imagine, <laughs> he gets exhausted. Um, and the dark saber, him seeing it, and it looking similar to like a you know a lightsaber. So like it has to be something he's used to. He's probably seen in the past, you know. So yeah, I mean, will we get to see somebody other than fucking Moff Gideon use the dark saber? I'd love to see it. Uh, that'd be really cool. Uh, will he eventually get his hand on it? Possibly. Probably either him or Mando eventually will probably get their hands on it. But. Um, uh, and then I, I, you know, I wouldn't, I couldn't wait, you know, for that to happen. But, uh, yeah, I, I just felt bad for him because they, they all, they lock him up. They stun him. They shoot when they shoot him. I got all sad and shit. I'm like, oh, I know it was only stunned, but still, I don't like seeing him get shot. That made me feel bad. Um, uh, just shoot him on stun, and that that little stun ray is bigger than his body. It wasn't crazy. Um, and it's always sad because he's just a little guy, you know. As much as I'd love to see him fight, it's just like when we first saw Yoda fight for the first time, it was like amazing because he was like this little crazy acrobat, even though he walks with a cane. Um, <laughs> uh, I would love to see that for like the, the baby, um, well, for Grogu um, when he gets there because he obviously, you know, little legs can barely walk, but he probably has really, you know, strong jumping. But who knows? It's just this, this race, we only see him about three of them. Uh, and like you said, like uh, him about talking. I could possibly see it. I mean, we obviously know they can talk. So, I mean, eventually, I mean, after 50 years, you're telling me he can't say a word. I mean, it's poss- <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. To me, I always thought like a lot of people think like, Oh, he can't talk. 
I always was just of the the uh, the mindset that he can talk. He's just been through so much trauma. He doesn't want to. I right, mean, right. hell, we saw it with Laura in 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 Logan. Uh, right. She went through so much stuff. She she just didn't want to talk. Uh, and that's why it was hilarious when she started speaking to Logan, and he's like, "What the what what the what? You didn't yeah. talk this whole time." Um, so to me, that's what my mindset's always been. Um, that he can talk, he just doesn't want to because we know he's not a baby. Ahsoka brought up how old he is. Um, so we know he's not an actual baby. Um, not a baby, but he is a youngling, you know, he's still young, considering no, right. he's just you know, they age really slow. Well, how old was Yoda? 900 before he fucking died or whatever. So, <laughs> right. yeah, right. they take a while. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I, I've always been of the mindset that we could get some words this this season, and and if we do, it'll it, it'll melt Mando's heart for sure. He'll go, all right. Oh yeah, for a Jedi, sure. A Jedi can't take you. You're mine forever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you can talk now. Yeah, no, you're mine. Uh, Dan, I want you to walk me through. Obviously, we see Moff Gideon has um his plan has worked. He's gotten Grogu back. Uh, to what I believe he is using to enact Snoke, but we'll get to that on, on another date. Um, walk me through, Dan. We obviously see the end of the episode, Mando go back to, um, I can't remember what her name is in this show, uh, but she was an ex-shock trooper. Um, and we kind of see him go. Cara Dune. Cara Dune, thank you. Cara Dune. Uh, and you know, he's kind of like, yo, like, I need a favor. I'm going to break someone out. And she's like, you know, like, hey, like, I'm not part of them, but I still have a code. And he's like, they got Grogu. And she <laughs> said, let me get my keys. Like, she was like, excuse me? So uh, walk me through that, Dan, the, the moment to where Mando is like, he is assembling his version of the Avengers. Like, he's Nick Furying the hell out of this right now. Yeah, it was a nice, um, a nice ending. I had seen one of my buddies posted something on Facebook where he said, uh, at least Bill Burr is having a good year. <laughs> that made me feel like, oh, they're, they're going to bring back Mayfield. And when they, when they showed the, the mug shot, I got excited. I like his character. I like Bill Burr, and I think he's a, a good addition to the Star Wars universe. Uh, it, it's, such a, uh, it's such a weird parallel and such a weird person to have in Star Wars because he is not he's like the furthest thing away from being a nerd and he's a part of one of the biggest nerd culture shows and movies of all time uh, so I, I like that little uh, I, I like seeing that and you can see how important the child has become or how attached these characters have become to the child where they're willing to break the law, change who they are as a person to protect, uh, to protect the child. Right. So it's, it's almost as if this is, uh, this is end game time where they have the kid, the, I, I don't know if it's the empire or the first order. I think it's still the empire at this point. It's, it's like post empire so they're still holding on to it i believe once snoke uh is fully uh is fully assembled because we know he was created it's when snoke and kylo come about 
that it really truly becomes the the first order. So it's not mm-hmm. there yet. Probably but, a couple of years from there. Right. But we're not that far away from it. It's still post Empire to where they're kind of holding on to the idea of like, oh, we're, you know, the resurgence of the Empire. Yeah, it's um, only been five years or whatever. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's post Empire, but holding on to it. But we're close to the First Order. Yeah. That was, uh, I know Boba Fett said it when he saw the ship, he said the Empire was back. Right. So I, yeah. I guess in his mind, it's it's still the Empire, but we as the audience know that this is kind of the rise of the First Order. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I forget someone posted it. It might have been it might have been AJ who posted it. I can't remember, but how this episode made both Boba Fett and the Empire, uh, you know, formidable and yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can see. Yeah, yeah, that was me. I think the, the tweet said that. Uh, um, I love how Mandalorian changes the Star Wars franchise with um having the Empire more, more of a actual villain, and yeah. within the um series than it does in the actual movies. Yeah, it, it's more of a threat basically. That that's what I actually like about the Mandalorian a lot more than the movies. I, I will say the advantage the Mandalorian has that the original trilogy uh, didn't was the original trilogy was only supposed to make you fear two people. Um, the Empire seemed like it was them, but we're now dealing with an Empire that no longer has Sidious, no longer has Vader. So you're now looking at it more so as a whole than just the idea of like these two specific individuals. So that's again why I said John Favreau picking a timeline that is not attached to any other story that's kind of some dead space was so genius because you could do fun things that don't tie you to other stories that people are expecting certain things um so it was just genius of him because now you can make the empire fearful because people don't know what they're fearing you know as far as they're concerned didn't vader die like who, who, who the hell is this um, so it's the fear of the unknown. It's what you don't know. It's what you don't know what to expect. Um, so, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I really love. But uh, to, to what you were saying, uh, Dan, uh, the idea that um, I completely forgot where I was going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you want to say anything else, Dan? Um, there was one thing I, I wanted to touch upon. Uh, the scene where... Uh, Grogu was manhandling the stormtroopers in the cell. There was a part of me that thought he was actually going to kill one or both of them because uh, Ahsoka had mentioned that there was a lot of anger in in him. She could sense there was some anger. Mm -hmm. I go, I wonder if this is why she chose not to train him because she was afraid of what might happen here. But... I, I compare that to, um, like, the first thing I thought, went, well, the second time I watched it, I compared it to Wanda versus Thanos, where it was like, if Thanos didn't decimate half his army, Wanda would have killed him. 
I do believe if Baby Yoda was given, like, if Baby Yoda wasn't completely tired, he would have tried to kill uh, Moth Gideon. Like, that, there is no question to that. He would have tried to. Um, I'm not saying he would have succeeded, but you could really sense that Grogu was very agitated at that point. Um, so he would have tried his best to, to get rid of uh, Moth Gideon. Um, but yeah, I mean, but see, that's, that's the thing that I hope Jon Favreau doesn't do with Grogu that we know George Lucas did with Yoda. I don't want more of his past to be, uh, to be left a secret. I, I want to know where a lot of this anger comes from. Like, did he watch his master? Die? Like, where does this anger come from? Um, and, and where is it pointed? Um, so, I mean, there's still some, more of Grogu's story that I really do hope we get into. Joel, uh, I believe, posted this. Um, we're going to be getting Grogu in the Bad Batch series. Um, Room, the Bad yeah. Batch animated series. So I'm like, who knows? Maybe we get a little bit in that. Maybe we get a little bit more next season. Um, but I will say there's been a method to Favreau's madness. So season one was obviously to make the audience more aware of Mando. So we knew who Mando was. Season two, obviously, is for us to understand who Grogu is. Um, what the hell could season three have in store? But AJ, I want to go to you. I wanted to ask you this specifically, AJ, because our minds are sometimes with Star Wars on the same same wavelength. What do you think Moth Gideon is using Grogu for? Is it his supercharged uh, troopers? Or do you think he is trying to uh, help Sidious um, create... Uh, God, why did I just forget his name? Um, Snoke. AJ? Uh, okay, there you go. I I, I want to say that they're using Grogu for the overall what overall empire, not for Palpatine or um for Snoke. Um, maybe they're using it for uh, I think it was in the comic book where there are some troopers that were able to um tap into the force a little bit. I I. I think I might be wrong on that, but that's what I think right now. And maybe that's where they got it from. Maybe they got it from Grogu. Um, but anything is possible. Um, to I think the, the uh, what is it? I think the Snoke stuff and then the cloning and stuff like that, I think they're separate. Um, maybe they're doing doing it for something. I, I would like it to be separate at least. Um, so that's that. Um, right now, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what they're going to do um, do with Grogu. So, Joel, I'll ask you because a, a lot of people were assuming in those tubes where we first saw Moth Gideon uh, mm -hmm. season, a lot of people were assuming in those tubes were Snoke. So a lot of people were assuming you needed the Jedi blood um, to help build the force back up to, to manifest Snoke, um, which isn't, you know, that far-fetched, but uh, you being someone that doesn't like to look too much into things, when you saw those figures in the, uh, in the tubes, uh, where did your mind go? Yeah, just probably what everyone else thought, just basic uh, experimentation has gone wrong and probably force-sensitive testing using Grogu's blood. Um, a lot of mad scientist type shit, but I, I mean, I did, I, my mind never went farther than that. Okay. You know, I, I didn't, I don't really know where else it would go. I mean, we're going to be, I mean, they're going to tell us eventually, but 
Uh, it could be connected to the whole Snoke thing, but I, I don't know if it will go all the way there, but it's possible considering surprise, the vampire is alive. Oh. <laughs> right. Oh. Right. And I, I mean, look, it all depends on like if you're Kathleen Kennedy, um, are you like I think the best redemption for these these last three movies that have been so divided amongst fans is to give Favreau uh, free reigns to kind of rewrite a little bit of some stuff um, in The Mandalorian. I'm not saying he will for, for the listeners out there. I'm just saying um, he's already made <laughs> the, the, three, uh, the three sequels seem so much cooler uh, in the course of a few episodes this season. Um, so I'm like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to kind of make Snoke seem a little bit cooler than those three movies ended up doing. Um, so yeah. is, you know, if he's using some of Grogu's blood to try to help Palpatine manifest yeah. Snoke, um, I, I don't think it's out of the, the, the realm of possibility. I also wouldn't put it, um, out of the realm of possibility. Like AJ said that maybe they're trying to make some of these, um, these troopers, I don't know, I guess force sensitive. To, mm-hmm. to some degree, I don't really know how you manifest that into. A I, I, I will ar- also argue that I would think that Snoke is is still around in this time, uh, since that um, Luke right now is what either trying to find forced objects or looking for students. I, I would yeah. I would assume that Snoke is around um, alive around that time because. Um, Snoke was around when Luke created the temple and maybe a little bit further than that as well. So I think Snoke was made before the Mandalorian, um, the, before the timeline, the Mandalorian. That's why I, I have this little feeling that um, the Grogu situation has nothing to do with Snoke at all. Very possible. I mean, mm-hmm. none of us know. We have... I, Unfortunately, uh, this past trilogy was very successful in leaving a lot of details out. Um, so Just like any other trilogy from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good point. Uh, thank God for the cartoons. It seems like cartoons and TV series are where we get our answers. Um, I'm just- I'm just saying it's 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 possible either way, AJ. I'll say that it's possible either. Yeah. Um, Dan, I want to ask you this, and then I'll get everyone else's opinion on this, and we can sign off for the night. Um, we saw that Grogu successfully sent out his message. Um, who would you like to see receive up uh, um, answer the call that Grogu sent out, uh, Dan? Oh, geez, that's a great question. Um, this is, I think that question is beyond my Star Wars <laughs> knowledge because I, I am really not up on who the Jedi are because I'm assuming he's reaching out to Jedi, correct? That's what we yeah. were told. Well, well, anybody that's close to I was just about to say, so okay. he was looking for a Jedi, but that sends it out to anybody that's force sensitive. So for example, did you ever see the? You said you didn't see the the cartoon Clone Wars, right? Correct. Yeah, I haven't seen any oh, of the cartoons. Okay. All right, then I, I'll save that question for Joel and AJ. But all right, so I mean, I, well, we know right now, force sensitive wise, we're not talking specifically Jedi. Just 
two characters we know are force sensitive and alive right now. Um, obviously, you put Ahsoka to the side, Luke and Leia. So, you know, so a lot of people, that's where their mind goes immediately. Luke and Leia are force sensitive. Um, this isn't the time period where Luke is secluded, like where he doesn't want anything to do with anyone. So no. He's still, he's still mildly active right now. And young. And young. And young. Um, so it's not out of the realm of possibility he hears it. I just don't know if this show is willing to go into Luke. That is my only question of that. So that'd be my only pushback of uh, a lot of people that are saying like, oh, well, obviously Luke is going to answer that. It's like, what is he? <laughs> like, I, I think, like, is he? I, I think they're trying to distance themselves a little bit from the original trilogy. Uh, I like, I don't, they don't really make a whole lot of mention about anyone. Right. Uh, so I think they'll, they'll probably steer, steer clear of Luke and Leia, at least I hope. Because now it's time for them to trail or blaze a new trail. Um, I, I will say I don't disagree with that. And me, Joel, and AJ, our, our assumptions of who, of who could answer that call are of Jedi that were introduced in the cartoons uh, or Force beings that were introduced in the cartoons. So our mindset's not that far. But I would say the biggest thing is the whole purpose of the last trilogy you gave us was to say goodbye to the Skywalker, not only name, but the Skywalker. So it's kind of like you constantly bring up more Skywalkers are like, I, I thought you were trying to move past that and create new people. <laughs> like, But unfortunately, Dan, you're in a timeline where, as Joel said, he's very young and he's very active. So it'd be really difficult for you to try to convince people that uh, he didn't get the call. It's like, well, there are no Jedi as strong as Luke in, in, in the galaxy right now. So it's like, if anyone heard it, it should have been Luke. Now, whether he answers it is a whole nother story, but it'd be really hard for you to convince a lot of people that um, that signal got out and Luke just didn't receive it. He was just like, oh, nope, missed that call. Sorry. That makes sense. Um, True. So, I mean, that'd be a really hard uh, sell. Um, but Joel, I'll go to you next. Before I ask you, you know, who do you think received it? Um, I'll I'll throw this at you. Um, I know AJ would would jump over this, uh, would jump on this a lot more. But um, there is a force sensitive being that they have not touched upon, and we do not know what her fate or future was. And that's Asajj Ventress. Um, do you think there's any possibility we get anything of Asajj, uh, Asajj Ventress? I don't know, because I swear she died. <laughs> well, if she did, it was never, it was never meant, like, remember, it was never mentioned in Rebels. She was never brought up, shown, anything. No. The last time we saw her was uh, teaming up, correct me if I'm wrong, AJ, teaming up with Ahsoka in season six of Clone Wars or five? Either I think five, it was five. Um, yeah. That was when member Ahsoka was being um, uh, set up for, for murdering that, that prisoner. Um, and she teamed up with Ahsoka. So that was the last time we had ever seen her. Um, now, if you're talking about a book saying that Ventress died, that, that's out of my wheelhouse. Um, I don't know anything about that, but Filoni has not done anything to lead us to believe she is currently uh, dead. 
Right. I think it was a book. I think she died in a book. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Um, and if those were canon, I'm not sure. Um, but I do know that she died in a book. And so, I, so she doesn't really come to mind. Um, but I mean, I guess it's possible she is alive. As long as there's four sensitive, there's a chance, right? Right. Um, I think Quinlan Voss was with her too. So, I mean, I guess if, if she's not dead, then he's probably not dead either. So, yeah, <laughs> um, the novel you're talking about is uh, Dark Disciples. Yes. And I don't think she died. It's been a minute since I've um, read that. It came out in 2015. But I, it was either she died or Quinlan Voss died. I think one of the two. One of the two, yeah. Um, I might have to reread that again, but I think she's still alive at this point. I would, I would like to think that because I mean we've not really seen anybody that Dave Filoni has created. Um, necess- well, obviously, uh, Kanan would be the the one that comes to mind, but he doesn't really kill off his his prominent female characters all that much. So I, I would definitely think. Um, you know, okay, so apparently she did die. She died 19 years after, um, before Battle of Yavin. Oh, man. Uh, okay. All right, Joel. That's why I had this conversation. <laughs> That's why I like... Tip my hat to you. Um, no, I think we had the conversation, but I think you were saying it like you weren't sure, but you think she died. So we never really confirmed it. So it was kind of just like those... That thing to where you said it, I never really mm-hmm. checked up on it. <laughs> and I just forgot about it. Um, but no, uh, who, who do you think received um, Grogu's message? Ooh, um, I, you made a really good point for Luke. <laughs> now I'll be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I obviously the one before um, the, the reason we count out Luke is he's such a big character that that throws so many different wrenches into it and a whole other another thing to think about like oh my god Luke Skywalker is showing up after we're saying you know this show is so separate you know from the original trilogy and the fact that it's more focused on the cartoons that we um that we watch um but and because of that I would really like Ezra I think we a lot of us would like to see Ezra because we we all think he's still alive well, a lot of us do I'm not sure how all of us do but a lot of us do um yeah, so I would love to see an older Ezra, Ezra Bridger, or uh, I know some people threw Cal Kestis's idea. I mean, he's a new character. I don't know if he's alive at this time period. I mean, it's possible. Uh, if, he'd be older too. Yeah, I was gonna say if if he is if he is alive, he would look more like Luke did in the Last Jedi. Yeah, probably. He's yeah, he'd be older with like a beard and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe like somewhat gray hair, <laughs> maybe like half and half. Wait, when was uh when was that game set in? That game uh, was set not long after Order sixty six, so maybe yeah. what five years, if that. Well, it was t- it takes place because it just it takes place he, after Revenge of the Sith. Right. Yeah. Yes, and he's like, well, it takes place I think five years after Revenge of the Sith. Right. Or he's That's he's a little bit older. Um, cause he was just, a um, a Padawan when he, uh, escaped. Order 66 yeah. happened, right. So yeah, it's, right. it's, so let's say he was in that, he was what, maybe 10, 11. So I wouldn't um, say he would be Luke's age and right, not right Skywalker, but, um, the force old. awakens or. or yeah. Yeah. That's what we're saying, AJ. Yeah. He'd be around that age where, where he was around force awakens, the last Jedi. He'd be around that age. 
Um, I mean, that would be cool to make that like show ca- or like uh, the game. Yeah, to make the game fully canon uh, to to the stories that we're seeing take place now. Um, I mean, there's not there's not a handful of Jedi that are still alive that we can just go. Oh, there's so many to pick from. It's not. I mean, I even seen someone go out on a limb and go, "Yo, Mace heard that." It's like, bro, sure, possibly, but <laughs> no. If he was alive. <laughs> well, <laughs> do we have a confermation that he's dead? Did we ever? I mean, he that? cut his hand off and got shot out the window. I mean, yeah, I, but I'm Darth Maul, so Darth Maul got his whole body cut off, and he's. I mean, still we don't even have to go to Darth Maul. Anakin got almost all of his limbs chopped off. <laughs> yeah, he was purposely saved. Um, I guess it's possible he could be a cyborg Mace Windu somewhere. Okay, <laughs> like, but then his. Wasn't his only his hand that got cut off? Yeah, it was only his hand. Yeah, but I mean, he fell out of a window. I'm assuming something else helped. You know. You know, well, it, that's a far ass fall. Well, someone was saying, Joel, that I mean, you did know, he get electrocuted too. No, yeah, no. yeah, he did. Oh, he did. He did. That's, he did. How, that's how he fell. So, yeah, that's yeah. How he, he got shot out the window. Someone was <laughs> making a point, Joel, that with all the with all the power Mace Windu had, it's a chance that as he got flown out, like maybe he used the force to kind of like, kind of uh, what do you call it? Um, kind of snuff his his fall a little bit. Uh, I mean, Even if he it, did it, fall, he he did dabble into the dark side of force a little bit, so you could right. still argue that well, he used that I'll, part of the force. I'll say this: I, I don't want to talk a shit about Luke for hiding for thirty years. I mean, that motherfucker really did. <laughs> no, that's 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 a really good point. But to be fair, to me, I look at Mace Windu as somebody that believes so wholeheartedly in what the Jedi were doing was right that after the fall of it, like to see Anakin fall so easily, there's just so many shortcomings of him as a, as a master that maybe he felt uh, same as Luke. Like he probably put all that on his shoulders. Like he should have done more. Um, so I could see that, but again, kind of like you were alluding to a little bit, Joel, I do mm-hmm. think Mace Windu is a bit of a stretch. I'm just saying we don't yeah. for sure know that he's dead. So it does I mean- have that shred of possibility. I'm just going to assume he's dead until he shows up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, AJ, I, I'll go to you. Uh, uh, Ezra is like the number one choice for a lot of people. Uh, I purely, and it's funny to chill out that you were like, now nah, I kind of want Luke. I kind of only want to see Luke purely for the idea of the, the day that Luke meets Ahsoka. Um, I don't think it'll ever happen, but I would I would freak out if that. It's just that it makes so much sense when you explained it. Like he's probably the most powerful Jedi, um, probably out there. And you telling me he wouldn't hear the call? Like that make that makes sense. Like he what he wouldn't? <laughs> like right, he's like for Jedi. You telling me he's not gonna look and find this kid? And you know what I mean? Like that you can't sense. you can't tell me that a weaker Jedi heard it, but the strongest Jedi out there didn't. So that's just like it to me. That that's that's a hard sell. Um, but yeah, I definitely just want to see Luke and Ahsoka meet up because they're outside of Kenobi, who we know is obviously dead. Luke and Ahsoka are the only two people, well, obviously Leia, but are the only two people that really know who Vader was. Like that wasn't something that everybody around the galaxy knew. Like those two are the only two people currently alive. Well, three Mm -hmm. of them, like, I don't know why I keep forgetting her that know it. So just for them to share that. Like, did Luke ever know that that his father had a Padawan that he cared about? Like, I would just no, love those two to interact. 
he got half a story from from Obi Wan. You know, he's like, right. well, this, this guy, and they weren't the same person. <laughs> like for Luke, when when Vader was like, "I am your father," and he's like, "Obi Wan told me nothing." Like, what? The, <laughs> what the hell? Like, what? What the hell? Um. So yeah, right. you're absolutely right. He got half a story <laughs> from from um from Obi-Wan but picture how Leia felt. Leia was like, "Bitch, I didn't even know that was my dad." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I know you were my brother. I had no idea about any of this. Um but AJ, what is Jedi that you think is m- more likely to be the one to respond to that call? If if any does. Uh I'm 50/50 between two. Um 50% with Luke um because of the same reasons you put out and also in that timeline he's like I said before, he's looking for force, force, um, force objects, um, maybe younglings as well um, to train. Um, so that makes sense for him to come out and answer the call. And my other 50% is, is Ezra because the way the show looks like it's moving towards is look like it looks like that it's going towards Rebels, a new season of Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, so that also makes sense to me, especially since we're getting rebel, um, a lot of rebel characters from like Ahsoka and um, Bo-Katan and uh, just, it, it just feels like that um, they're just preparing for preparing us for another rebel series. So that, that's why I'm between um, Luke or Ezra. But there's also a chance that could be a new Jedi because you know how Star Wars is. It's <laughs> they'll they'll bring a Jedi, just pull a Jedi right out of their asses um, without telling us who they were before or anything. So yeah. that that is true. I just always imagine AJ like like Filoni walked in the writers' room and like John Favreau was like, "All right, all new uh, all new characters." I got a new creation for and you. Like like Dave Filoni's like, "No no 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 no, I hear you. That sounds good, but." what if I bring all my characters in? And it's like, no, Dave, we want to create new ones. No, 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 no. I get you. Save that for the movies. <laughs> Save that right for now. the movies. Like, this is, this is my Rebels. Like, this is an extension of my Rebels. Like, relax. Um, but no, I mean, this, this is great. This is really great. Um, one thing uh, I wanted to, to add to uh, you guys uh, before we sign off here is um, – I was actually kind of hoping, and I know that it's obviously not now. There was a part of me that was hoping Moff Gideon was an ex-Inquisitor. Um, mainly because after the Empire fell, you're not going to tell me all those Inquisitors were just up and left. Like, you would think some of them would maybe try to take some modicum of power since there's a vacuum. Um, so when I first saw him in the getup, I was like, oh, he is be a really great um, ex inquisitor, like, did, did you do you guys ever think about like what happened to the rest? They of all the- did. They're all dead. They all did. God. Dang. Well, let, let's see. Um, the second sister um died in um fallen order, and then you had the grand inquisitor that died in rebels. Um, you also have was it the seventh sister that was in fallen order too? I think it was the seventh or sixth sister that was in the um fallen order. There was like three other sisters, <laughs> and followers, they all died. <laughs> and then, and then in the comics right now, um, there's a, a lot of them that just got just destroyed. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I feel like they're all dead. 
but no, Matt, you're probably right. You're probably right. No, 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 you're probably right. They're probably all dead. We do know Vader wasn't too fond of most of them towards the end. Um, hey, he wasn't fond of them at all. <laughs> right. Right. Matt cut off their limbs to say, oh, it, it's to teach them a lesson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shit, we saw at the end of the game, Vader just killed him. Like, Palpatine must have been sitting there like, yo, Vader, um, do me a favor. Uh, there's not an unlimited source of Force-sensitive kids out there for us to make inquisitors. Can you maybe stop killing them? Like, that'd be, that'd be just a little, you know. A little good for us, you know, if you just stop. Um, but all right, so we're looking forward to this next episode. It's war time. It's war time. We're looking at um we're looking at to me, all I care about is Mando in and Boba Fett. Like to me, everybody else that joins the team, cool, great, whatever. Um, but just seeing those two full out working together, and you know what the first thing I thought about, uh Joel. Mm-hmm. What, what if Mando makes a stop to the armorer and we see the armorer make Boba Fett some new armor to go to war in? Like, that's where my mind went immediately. Like, upgrading right. his- what'd you say? As upgrading his armor. Yeah, upgrading his armor. Like, obviously leading into the, the final battle, but more specifically leading into his own series with brand new armor. That'd be interesting. I, I mean, a new look, a new look after what fifty something years of yeah. looking. Yeah, I mean, I would obviously love the same paint job, but obviously stronger armor, more so like Mando's. Um, you know, just kind of revamping it and modernizing it a little bit. Like it, it's it's obviously outdated. Uh, you look at Mando's and then you look at his, and you're like, yeah, improvements can be made. Um, I just really hope that that happens. Um, AJ, last question I'll pose to you. With Mando assembling this team, what is the likelihood that we see uh, Bo-Katan come back? Uh, not likely. I think that she's too focused on what she's doing. And it's not, it's not that many seasons, I mean, episodes in the season. To... But AJ, can I make a point to you? Go on. They're after the same person. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, like to me, it's very unlikely you're telling me the person that uh, Bo-Katan is looking for and now Mando is looking for, they both don't yeah. arrive at the same person. Right. <laughs> like, that's very hard. But Sasha Banks did say her character won't return for any more episodes, which to the me... Next season. Right, but to me, who who cares? I only need Bo-Katan to, <laughs> to be the one to come back. I, right. I, I don't need her friends to return, too. We got enough people on Mando's team for me to, to have three others. Like, just Bo-Katan, that's it. Um, hopefully, we do see Bo-Katan come back. Um, hopefully, we see Ahsoka come back in some capacity. Um, but to me, this season, like, last season ended with my jaw dropping with the reveal of the Darksaber. Yeah, The only awesome. way this season could drop my jaw is if we obviously see them get Grogu back, we see Ahsoka show up, and behind Ahsoka is either Ezra, which would be a, a jaw-dropping reveal, or like, you know, some of us are putting money on Luke. Like, it has to end with somebody answering that call. That call can't go on it unanswered. And it better not be no random motherfucker, because that's not going to drop anybody's jaw. No, not at all. Not at <laughs> all. I mean, obviously, it'll pique our interest in like, oh, okay, is this... Oh, is it that? Right, like, is this a Jedi you're going to make a cartoon about, a comic about, a video yeah. game about? Um, but it won't interest people in, in the way that it would if Ezra were to show up with Ahsoka right. or if Luke were to just pop up. Correct. Yeah, so. 
who knows? But we are really excited for this week's episode. We cannot wait. Uh, I want to thank Joel, AJ, and Dan, and Tia. Tia had to drop out, but I wanted to thank Tia so much. Uh, Dan, uh, you guys are shooting an all-new episode this week, right? That is correct. Yeah, we're doing another Christmas episode for the 25 Days of Christmas. Um, We're doing the Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas this week. Ooh. I just watched that this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, I watched it yesterday. I love that movie. I don't know what Anthony has against it, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm stuck doing it, so I'll have to tear it apart a little bit. <laughs> no, that is definitely high in the Jim Carrey, uh, in a Jim Carrey vault for sure. That's just it's a great movie. Um, but make sure you guys stay tuned for that all new episode. Uh, me and Joel's um, next podcast will be this week. Uh, hopefully we have a lot more stuff to talk about. We already got some drama building up there in that in uh in in, in with the Knicks a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. me and Tia just reviewed uh the first five episodes of Flight Attendant. Make sure you guys be on the lookout for that. Um, and we will be doing another Geek Vibes live episode this week. We definitely got to talk about this, all this animosity these uh directors and actors are having to this HBO Max news. It's getting it's getting really catty out here. Um, but thank yeah. you guys for, for listening. Um, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. But till next time. Peace. Rest in peace, Razor Crest. <laughs> oh yeah, we forgot about the Razor Crest. Um, yeah, yeah, that 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 was really sad to see uh to see get destroyed. That was very unfortunate. Um, but all right, guys, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be doing another review for the Mandalorian next week. Um, and I definitely want to get a little bit into the Razor Crest, uh, the next episode, um, because cool. he definitely did, uh, get the, the Beskar spear. Um, yeah, literally, <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing left. <laughs> so we do, a little bit, we do have a little bit there to talk about, but we'll save that. So right. next time, guys. Peace.